Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Lewandowski with Mind Your Business. What is Mind Your Business? It is a website full of great content and podcasts that come from real world experience, not a bunch of crap you read in a textbook. Listen, folks, this is 30 years of me running businesses, businesses that I started from scratch or that I was hired to help run. This is real world great nuggets of knowledge. The whole idea of Mind Your Business is for you to build your personal capacity. It's your ability to make an impact in your world, whether it's an organization, whether it's a club, whether it's within your family, or anything you do, can you make an impact? And the answer is yes, but every day you gotta get better. You've gotta get stronger. It's just like being an athlete. You you build your muscles, you build your endurance. Well, in business, you build your knowledge, you build your experience, you build your expertise, and then you take that to the marketplace. That is how you build your capacity. Now, who should be listening? There's not a soul out there that can't benefit from this content, but let me tell you, out of 10 people, everybody's going to get a different nugget out of every piece of content. So when you're listening to this, listen for the stuff that really resonates for you, and then send me a message, connect with us, be engaged, let us know what's working for you and what you need more of. This is going to be a great, great adventure for all of us, and I'm very excited that you're a part of what we're doing. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Lewandowski with Mind Your Business. I'm really excited to have this podcast today because I've got a very special guest with me. If you've been listening to my most recent podcast, you know that this is number two of a series with a very special guest, a gentleman named Nick Redwine. Nick is special in that He was, for many years, a senior executive in a large corporation. He was the guy that turned around all their plants. They would fly him around the country and put him in new locations and say, Nick, turn this thing around. So this is a guy that not just was successful. He took unsuccessful businesses and converted them. When I first got to know Nick about 30 years ago, he was engaged deeply in the turnaround of large corporations and yet quit walked away and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to go out on my own. Everyone said, you're crazy. Hang on there. Make more money. You can be an entrepreneur later. He said, nope, this is my time. So he went out on his own with his wife and started their own business. 28 years later, they were the number one baseball card store and sports collection store in the United States. They sold the company, and here he is for the first time retiring. So he's my very special guest on the podcast, an absolute expert in marketing, Mr. Nick Redwine. Nick, welcome. Hey, thanks, Mark. It's great to be here, and I love to talk about marketing. Let's get started. You know, I wanted to start because what I wanted to ask Nick to tell us is, Nick, you teach marketing in college now, and you have a marketing background, and I also have a marketing background, but one of the things that we've both been extremely frustrated with is what a student is learning in college is really not complete, and the reason it's not complete is because that college professor has never made payroll. 
Can you talk a little bit about your frustration with why we rely so heavily on a professor that's never made payroll? Yeah, I'm not sure why we put them in the classroom. I I don't understand it. Um, I've seen so many, not just marketing professors, but all business professors, they absolutely do not understand how business works. They don't understand the relationship between marketing and finance and accounting, marketing and economics. They think marketing is sales or service and marketing. That's not it. Marketing is everything we do. You can't bring anything to me. And I learned this really when I owned my own business. That's when I truly started to understand, hey, that's that's marketing. Hey, we're, we're supposed to satisfy the needs and wants of our customer. I didn't learn that in college, but I learned a whole bunch of terms. But I learned owning my own business that mar- the secret to marketing starting number one is understand the business that we're in. We, a lot of us have a problem with that. And then the professors in college, they don't understand that at all. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, at, the, at the Educational Technology Institute a few years ago, 80% of Microsoft employees spent 100% of their time telling all of these teachers how great their products were <clears throat> Excuse me, and how much better than Apple's. Apple's executives <laughs> spent 100% of their time telling those teachers what we do. There's the difference. We know we like to sell our product, we like to sell our service, but we never tell our customer what we actually do. And they don't teach that in college. They don't teach in college that if we do not satisfy the needs and wants of our customer, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between needs and wants later, of the impact that it can have on the net income of the business. I love to tell this story. And before I do, the second part of the secret of marketing is all about the people that we hire. I've never understood, we'll hire the first body that walks in the door and stick that person in front of our customer. I'm going, are you kidding me? Wait, we're going to, we're going to put the first guy that walked through, the, through our door in front of our customer after one interview, and the best example in the world of that, Debbie and I, we go to the, we go to the uh, movie not too long ago. We pay our $15 to get in. We pay our $250 for popcorn and Coke. And we're standing in we're standing in line, and we do the exchange. And this young man is just standing there. And my wife's going, "Oh no, here it comes!" There's a whole line of people behind us. <laughs> and finally, after a long pause, the young man goes, "What?" And I said, "I, I just gave you my hard-earned money. I, I I worked really hard for that money, and you didn't even have the decency." To say thank you. I said, but it's not your fault. It's the person that hired you's fault. That's who I want to talk to. We don't teach that in college. That marketing professor doesn't tell the impact that it has on our customers and our decision, especially the bottom line. And and my probably my favorite story, <clears throat> excuse me again, is uh, when we had a retail store, we had a, a 24-hour workout center that was that was just down the in the same shopping center as ours, right? And it was nasty. This place was filthy. I mean, they didn't clean the windows. And so they came down one day and they said, hey, we'd like to put one of these collection boxes in your store. And people, you know, can sign up for a membership at, at our workout center. And I'm thinking, well, can I ask you a question? I said, why don't you clean your windows? And the guy goes, well, that's corporate responsibility. I'm going, wait a minute. You're telling me. Of all the people that work down there at the 24-hour workout center, nobody has the the attitude, the determination, the effort to clean the windows, even if it's on their own time. They won't do that. That's marketing, the people that we hire. So you're going to sit there and and not clean your windows, and you want me to come in and join your your gym, excuse me again, 
And I'm going to get cholera going in there? I mean, come on. Nobody had nobody had the desire or determination to clean the windows. And and when I ran that manufacturing plant here in Tulsa, well, one of our big deals was to clean up the environment. And so we clean we cleaned the plant, we hauled up, we made it beautiful. Well, I came to work one day, and the entire outside had been re-landscaped. And I'm going, I didn't authorize this, and I start going around the plant. We had an employee that had a landscaping business on the side that came to our plant and completely re-landscaped it on his own time with his own money. That's the kind of people you hire. That's what they don't teach in college. This is what we were kind of talking about. We were a little frustrated in that. What's, that's what brought up this idea to come out with this podcast, The Secrets of Marketing, What Your Professor Doesn't Know. And the reality is, and Nick, and you know, I've been, I went all the way through all the educational hurdles and beyond. So a professor gets a really good undergraduate degree. Then they get the very best masters they can in business. And then they decide to study marketing as a PhD. And then they go right into the classroom and they write papers and they publish articles and they climb the, the industry corporate ladder in education, which was is rank. And they never get out there and run a business. In my opinion, many of the things that you learn that are fundamental to real marketing are the things that you learn while you're in business. I'll give you a, a real quick example is, you know, when I was running my first business, I had to go, I had to make sales at the doorstep. And one of the things they never helped me understand is that it's more important that you understand the person than you understand your product. And women would come to the door to talk to me and I would back off of the doorstep and go down to one knee and pet their dog and talk to them so that they were more comfortable having a conversation about the sale. That was never described ever once in a college college classroom because that college professor just didn't know. My great mentor, Dr. Eugene Swearingen, one time during a great, uh, there was a, one of these big sessions in college, and he had been in academia, a PhD at Stanford in economics, but he'd been in corporate America all his life. Somebody raised their hand, and they were there were all these CFOs and CEOs and presidents of companies on this panel, and they raised their hand and said, who's the most important person in a big corporation? And Gene Swearingen said the most important and most memorable thing I've ever said, he said, it's the receptionist. And somebody said, what? He said, it's the receptionist. It's the very first impression people get of your company. If you blow it when they walk in the door, you're playing from behind the whole time. If you kick it out of the park, right when they walk in the door, their impression is immediately excellent. So you're saying, Nick, that one of the secrets of marketing is it's not about sales and PR. It's about everything. Everything is marketing. Look, I tell my students, when you walk into any, the next time you go, I don't care where you go, let's take a restaurant. What's the first thing you do when you go to a restaurant you've never been to before? Well, you look around and you look at the ambiance. No, the first thing you do is go to the restrooms. And if they are not spotless, if they are not spotless, that business does not care about you. Do not give them your money. What about when you open the menu and there's crap in the menu? Oh, there you go. There's jelly in the menu or ketchup stay. I just can't believe it. That's inexcusable. There's no excuse for that. And it, and it really goes back to, I have this acronym that, that I live by when it comes to marketing. And, and you'll never learn this in, in a college classroom. I believe that you hire what I call ideas. Added, they have attitude, determination, effort, education, and appearance. 
And it goes back to the to the twenty four hour workout center. They didn't they didn't have nobody had the attitude or the determination or put out the effort to make the appearance of the twenty four hour workout center look great. Appearance doesn't always apply to the employees. Apparent all appearance also applies to the to the business itself. Marketing is the lights, the sounds, the sights, the smells. Everything is marketing. If you keep peeling back the surface, that is marketing. It's everything. You know, we could talk about marketing is everything for five hours. Oh, yeah. But I think our listeners have got that idea that number one on the secrets of marketing is that marketing is everything. That's the funniest thing. Redwine right here. Nick Redwine, he's a Sooner fan. So the Boomer Sooner on his cell phone just came on. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay, for the rest rest of the world that doesn't care about the Sooners, and they would love to hang up on that, hang in there with us. We'll keep going. Okay, so so number one is that marketing is everything. Let's go to number two. What is your second principle about the secrets of marketing that the college professor doesn't know? And well, I think this is probably the number one thing that the marketing professor doesn't know. And it goes back to, I, I just cannot stand when I hear somebody say, oh, I'm in the marketing department. I'm going, what? Yeah, I'm, I, I work in the marketing department. Marketing is not a department. Accounting is a department. Marketing is not a department. Engineering is a department. Marketing is what we do. Marketing and everybody is in marketing. I think I'm honestly, if, if you if I if I walked up to you, Mark, and I said, Hey, what's your title? And you go, Well, I'm owner of so and so. I'm going, Well, shouldn't it be I'm owner of so and so and director of marketing? If you walk into that receptionist that you talk about, that, that first person that you meet, what's your job? Well, I'm a receptionist. Well, aren't you also director of marketing? We're all directors of marketing. If if we don't have that kind of attitude, we're gonna fail. Everybody is in marketing. Engineering designs a product. They better design a good one, okay? Because it's gonna it, it's gonna represent our customers' attitude. Oh, we hate your product, but they just think they're engineers and they let it go. That it doesn't stop after it's engineered. It doesn't stop after we answer the phone. Everybody is in marketing. We don't teach that. We we don't tell our customers or we don't tell our employees that. It's like. It's a hidden secret, and it's not. You know, I can't stand. The worst thing I hate is to call a $500 meeting to, to solve a $20 problem. Really? Are you, are you? We could spend that time marketing our product and marketing our service, but we do everything in a bubble. We, don't, we need to, in college, teach how our decisions have an impact on the, final, on the fi- finances of the business, okay, and, and how we can fix that with marketing. If we think marketing. So you're saying engineers are marketers? Without a doubt. You're saying accountants? Without a doubt. Are marketers? They're all marketers. You're saying physicians? Are marketers. I got to tell a story. The other day I was playing golf in a men's league and I was playing against a physician. And he was happy to tell me that he was a physician. I mean, it was the first thing out of his mouth is he's the most important person on the golf course because he's a physician. So I asked him where he was working, and he's now in, he's working in an ER at, in a small town. But he used to work here, and he used to work there, and he used to work here, and he used to work there. And it dawned on me, and then it was, it was confirmed later that the reason that he's bounced around so well is he did such a terrible job marketing himself. And here's what I want to say about that. It wasn't about that he told everybody how great he was, because he did. He was happy to promote himself. But the idea of the marketing was he didn't care for the patient in a way that he built a big following of patients. 
as his part of his business. He failed along the way because he was so quick to promote, but he didn't understand that marketing was truly about caring about the details of the patient. Well, I think I think you have hit you've hit the nail on the head. That is really what I'm trying to get to here. I don't care what business it is. I mean, look to look what happens today. You know, you'll call somebody and you get the automated automated voicemail or voice answering service and they'll say, Oh, we really appreciate your business. You know, we'll be with you in a few minutes and ten minutes goes by and they say, We really appreciate you wait. No, you don't appreciate me or I wouldn't be sitting here all this time. So then you, you they'll they'll have the message, we'll call you back. And they never call you back. It's it's simple stuff like that that just destroys the business. Remember, if you if you keep looking at the soul of a business, you're going to find its brand. It's all about the brand. The brand is what's left over after marketing has swept through the room. After we've done our job as a mark as marketers, everybody in the company, it's the brand that's left over. That's what it's all about. Let me tell you the smartest thing I've ever seen in an accounting department. And I, because I have several companies, I use a RSM McGladry network accounting firm in my hometown. And the smartest thing they ever did is they hired a lady named Cindy, who is absolutely brilliant at making every one of their clients feel at home and feel cared for. Not one minute goes by before she is offering them a water, a coffee, visiting with them. If there's a delay of 10 minutes, she'll sit down there and chat with them, get to know them. The worst thing that could happen is a very um, a very highly paid, high profile business owner sits in a waiting room in, at hundreds of dollars of their value per hour thinking, what the hell am I doing sitting in this damned waiting room? Don't you know I've got things going on? And so she will sit with them. She will care for them. She, that is absolutely marketing. Oh, it really is. I know, I, you know, I really learned this. I, I don't think I truly understood marketing, even though I majored in it. I've got an MBA and I ran those corporations. I didn't really truly understand marketing until I owned my own business. And so we had a business where a grandmother or a mother would come in and they didn't really want to be in there, but they would bring in their, their grandchild or their son or daughter. And we, first of all, we made sure that there was a real comfortable chair for them to, to sit down in. And Debbie might be waiting. My wife might be waiting on the boys and I would be down there visiting with, with the mom. Hey, how's your day going? What's going on? You know, in this great weather, what do you guys do? And, and just making them feel comfortable. And the longer they sat there, the more money their child spent and the happier they were when they left. Little bitty tiny things like that that we learned along the way. And it doesn't have to apply to a retail business. It should apply to every business. Those little small things that you can do, you know, marketing, what you do in marketing is give the customer what they pay for and just a little bit extra. Now, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you used to always say, you don't have to be miles ahead of everybody. You just have to stick your head up just a little bit above the crowd. That's exactly And then right. everyone notices you. Everybody. If everybody in the room is six foot and you're six foot two, everyone will notice you. That's exactly right. You know, Mark doesn't know this. And, and I've known Mark for over 30 years. And years ago, he... He really taught me the number one lesson in marketing, and, he, and he, he didn't even know he did it at the time. He made a famous quote. It was, oh, what luck for rulers that men do not think. Okay, well, if you think about that, that's pretty easy to understand, and we can take it to modern terms of, oh, what luck for politicians, the electorate doesn't think. But let's take it to marketing, and, and, and I, I, learned, I took what Mark taught me and applied it to marketing. Oh, what luck for marketers the consumer doesn't think. 
And, and that sounds negative, but it's not. It's extremely positive. And what that means is all we have to do is that little bit extra and we own them. Yeah, so we've made the point. Our second point is that marketing is not just everything. It's everybody, everybody in the organization. If if a person simply switches shoes with the customer and says, what's my customer's experience? Everything that is that customer's experience is marketing. So let's go on to number three, Nick. And I, I want to tease you on, I want to open this up as marketing is greater than just the concept of the marketing. It really deals with the economic world. Talk about that just a little bit. Well, okay, let's, let's put it together kind of just as a, a puzzle that fits together. <clears throat> I think what we don't teach, and it goes back to, to our original subject here is what we don't teach in college, is we don't fill in the gaps. Now, let me explain what I mean about that. Let's go back to the basics. We're in business to do what? Make a profit, right? Then we're gonna our job. Our job in the business world is to make money to to increase the net income of the business. Well, number one, we can't do that if we do not understand and apply the principles of marketing. Let me explain that. This is not the definition of marketing. This is what we do with marketing. Marketing is the identification of a target market where we use the appropriate blend of the marketing mix, that's product, place, price, and promotion, in order to satisfy the needs and wants of the target. I didn't say create. I said satisfy the needs and wants of the target. You can't create a need. No person on this planet has ever created a need. Needs Needs come from evolution. Needs come from disasters. But we can create wants. And let me explain what I, what I mean by creating want versus creating a need. God or nature gave us the need for water. A man didn't create that or a person didn't create that. But we can make you want to buy our bottle of water. All right. But here's the deal. We cannot apply the principles of marketing if we do not understand the economic world in which we live. I don't, and I don't understand why... Marketing professors don't bring that into play. So if you believe what I just said, one, we're in business to make a profit. Two, we do that by applying the principles of marketing. You can't make intelligent marketing decisions if you don't know the economic world in which we live. And people will go, well, I took economics. I said, great. Can you apply it to marketing? Well, I know supply and demand. I said, awesome. Can you apply it to marketing? So if you're in the real estate business and we're increasing interest rates, then you're going to have to change your marketing mix to be able to deal with that. If you're a business that needs capital and interest rates are going to go up via economics, then you're going to have to change your marketing mix to be able to deal with that. So if we understand the economic world in which we live, and if we apply the principles of marketing, and if we increase the net income of the business, then we will increase the net worth of both our our employees and our business. But there's one more little caveat, and it's the most important thing, and that's Hire winners. Do you never hire a person on the first interview? And I don't care if it's that receptionist that you're talking about. I don't care. You want to hire winners. You want to hire people with great attitude and determination, effort, education, and appearance. And you want to hire people that you'll learn from, people that will bring you ideas. All right. That's that's the puzzle. That's all of it put together. 
You can't do it if you don't apply the principles of marketing. Well, you can't do that if you hire a bunch of losers. Nick, there's just no chance that we can wrap up the whole idea that marketing is completely tied to the economic world in which we live in in one podcast. But thank you for teasing us about that. We've got to understand how market integrates with finance, with economics, with with business principles, with with our company culture. It is pervasive. And that's kind of the idea we're saying is really marketing is pervasive. But I want to bring up, before we wrap up, this is so important and I want everyone to hang on as we talk about this one. Maybe the most, maybe the most intelligent thing I've ever seen you do was something that from the outside looks so simple that it looked easy and yet it became so great. Nick, you had a store in, in Dallas, Texas. And my understanding was at one point in the store, your t-shirts, that's right. Your t-shirts were the second most popular or well or worn t-shirt in all of the Dallas Metroplex area. But yet, you never sold a single T-shirt. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, our T-shirts were our pride and joy. Our T-shirts was everything. Our T-shirts, it was our brand. It it said what we did. It said who we are. My brother was a commercial artist, and when we first opened our store, we went to I went to my brother and said, "Hey, I need a logo." So he designs this unbelievable, beautiful logo that we we took and put on our T-shirts. And and you're right. We we never sold a t-shirt. We gave all of our t-shirts away. Now wait a second. You, you, are you telling me that you had the second most popular t-shirt in Dallas and you never sold one? No, we didn't. In fact, I always like to say when when we gave the t-shirt to the customer, I always like to say, hey, you know, this is the only t-shirt that's more popular than this is Hard Rock Hard Rock Cafe and Eskimo Joe's. Man, that's it. Other we're next. We're number three. You know, we're the we're the best. But here's what we do with those t-shirts. So a young man would walk in. I don't care. I don't care if it was a little girl, little boy. We'd we'd take her t-shirts and we'd say, hey, you need a Knicks t-shirt. Every time you walk into my store wearing a Knicks t-shirt, you get a free grab bag. You get your report card and they have straight A's. You have A's and B's. You get a free grab bag. You wear your t-shirt, you get two free grab bags. I said, if if we catch you somewhere at a ballpark or somewhere else wearing our Knicks t-shirt, you get a free grab bag. They exploded. Everybody wanted a t-shirt. And and we would have people come back after they're grown up out of the hobby. Hey, can I get another t-shirt? I want a Nick's t-shirt. We've got so many great stories to tell about that t-shirt. I was I was thinking about one the other day. We had a customer goes, can he came in, he goes, Oh man, Nick, I gotta tell you what happened with, with your t-shirt. And I said, What? And he said, Well, we want a vacation. And we were in the Amazon and a tour guide was we were in the Amazon and the tour guide goes, I want your t-shirt. And he goes, You can't have my next t-shirt. And the and the tour guide goes, Do you think you can find your way out of here on your own? <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to give him my t-shirt just to get back. I remember there was a time in your store where, uh, you know, it's a very rich part of Dallas and those, yeah. those people could be kind of snotty and kind of pushy. And I remember hearing a story where some kids came in, the kids and mom came in and they got a bunch of, they got some items, they got some cards, they got some souvenir things and they put them up on the counter and the lady reached over and she grabs a t-shirt and you said, Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that t-shirt's not for sale. That's exactly. And right. she said, what? How dare you? What do you mean that t-shirt's not for sale? Uh, well, your son has to earn that T-shirt. Is That's the only way you can get a T-shirt in our store. They had to earn the T-shirt. What we would do is we would, we would after we checked the customer out, when we, I said, hey, young man, do you know what doing a good deed is? And he'd go, well, what do you mean? He goes, you know, doing something nice for somebody else. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you'll sign up that you'll do a good deed, you get this next T-shirt for free. 
And and we just owned those parents after that. They were ours after that. Yeah, at that point, from then on, fantastic. Those parents would say, yes, we can go to Nick's. Oh, sure, we can go to Nick's. It became part of their family. It Your was, store yeah. became part of the family because they knew not only were you selling them a product that they wanted, but you were also sowing seeds into the children and teaching them life lessons. Well, I think that one of the great things that we that we experienced, especially 20, 25 years after we had the store, was fathers who grew up in our store, had that Nick's t-shirt, brought their son in, and we went through the t-shirt experience with them. The t-shirt was, and it's a small thing. It was just a very small thing that exploded into it what became our brand, known throughout the United States and Canada. Nick, I'm so grateful for you to take this time to share the secrets of marketing, what your professors don't know. We really, you and I can talk about this forever, but the the idea is that marketing is not simply sales and PR. Marketing is for every person, and marketing is completely integrated in all the components of the business model, economics, finance, culture, everything that we deal with. That is exactly correct. Thank you so much, Nick Redwine, for being a part of what we do here at Mind Your Business. We look forward to uh, you and uh, all the other kind of content you're going to share with us in the future, but I'd like to say to you now, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. This was a great pleasure. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, this is Mark Lewandowski thanking you for joining me today. I'm really excited that you're enjoying the content. It means a lot to me. And I want to encourage you to go deeper into this content by visiting my website at marklewandowski.com. On that website, you're going to find more information like blog posts and all of the other topics we've talked about thus far. And while supplies last, I'm going to give you a copy of my book called Rattle Your Cage. It is a bestseller. And it's an idea stimulator. It's designed to help you kickstart your ideas, get more and more out of your day, more and more out of the way you think. And I'm excited about it. So go onto my website, go to the connect section, fill in the information, and I'll send a book to you right away. Again, thank you for being a part of the special things we're doing. Tell your friends and your family members where you're getting this good content. And remember that some is not a number. Soon is not a time. And damn it, luck is not a strategy.